the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNFF to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. It is Tricky Week 8 in the nfl and i say tricky because you could be at the tipping point you could be uh, already in the playoffs uh, or you could very much be fighting for your spot uh at a a very even 500 record right now and you're looking for help and you need every possible person to score every possible point you can for them Uh, and you're dealing with some hard start sick questions well today we're going to help you out with a little bit of this or that and i'm bringing on munaf manji he is the host of the prop cast and he does nba what is it nba nfl uh cricket like what what else don't you do on that prop cast there munaf (laughs) yeah we, we we started uh nba this week over the past two weeks uh because you know again i think nba i think the prop market is definitely easier to beat than side totals and money lines. I think obviously, um, you know, those are again they say NFL is the hardest sport to beat, but I think that you know prop betting is is where where it's really at. And Rod, we've talked about over and over again every time we've been on that that it, it just makes a lot of sense talking about fantasy and and the player prop market. But yeah, man, we're 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 grinding away here. You know, we got MLB World Series going off in a little bit, and NBA is going off, and and covering the NFL with with your show here. So definitely looking forward to it, man. Yep, Moonoff has been in front of this microphone all day, and we're going to keep him talking <laughs> because his knowledge is. See, he's already primed. He's he's ready for this show, man. He's been talking all day, so you guys get prime Moonoff, and we are super excited to uh, to load that up. So again, thanks for coming back on the show. Um, we'll plug the, the NFL prop cast because I have joined on now to be the yes. permanent member of the Thursday night edition of it. So Wednesday nights, check out that prop cast, uh, as moon has, has wrote me into the world of prop betting and I love it. I don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we talked about it on the last show that, uh, so excited to have Rod on as, as the, uh, featured man on Thursday night football. So, uh, Definitely looking forward to it, man. We were close. I know uh, I, I dropped in a Slack channel. We almost hit that uh, Mercedes Lewis plus 750 as a touchdown, uh, but he was one foot one foot too far out, we can say, uh, from catching that. But I think we pretty had a pretty good uh, overall night uh, as far as prop bets. Yeah, I know the ones that I called. Uh, the only one that I didn't hit on was the Chase Edmonds over three and a half receptions. Guess how many he had? Three. Three. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that yeah, Chase Edmond was my only loser. I think I hit the uh, Aaron Jones uh, uh, scrimmage yard. You killed over, that and one. Then, yep. And then my other one was the Kyler Murray under rushing yards. That one got a little tricky towards the end, but uh, 
us going four and two, uh, not bad at all there, huh? Yeah, no, and that Kyler Murray under 305 and a half yeah. uh, rushing and passing. So, yeah, I mean, we we killed it that day. Uh, yeah. Great, great. I know at the end there was a little bit scary, especially yeah. when there could have been overtime. It was like, nah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's help with some of the start sits that you may have. Uh, we're going to grab these straight off of the, the internet. These are questions that I've seen floating around. Uh, so these are real people asking real questions and, and we, we framed it with moon off before the show we were talking. And, and, you know, a lot of these that the fantasy experts listen to these shows and they go, well, how are people struggling with that decision? It's because normal people don't pour over <laughs> every single stat. They want us to help them with that. And so if these questions, if you're listening, and you're a fantasy football enthusiast and you're listening, you're like, oh, how could they have asked that question? Because people do ask these questions. So we're not here to judge. We're here to help. So if you have this question and you're struggling with this question, we're not judging. We just want to make sure that you have all the information possible to make these decisions. So Munaf, I know you're ready. Uh, so yeah. let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, our first this or that is uh, Damian Harris or Khalil Herbert. Um, both of these guys, obviously we know Herbert's situation over there, uh, in Chicago taking over and, and really doing a good job the last few weeks. Uh, and then Damian Harris just really being the guy in new England, uh, having a good run himself, but somebody's struggling between this. And I can see this because it's definitely closer than it looks. I know a lot of the experts are already leaning one way, but moving off, I want to get your opinion first before I tell you where the experts, where we lean and, and, uh, where you should go on this one. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Damian Harris here, and I think that's a full fade of the Chargers rush defense. And if we kind of take a look at some of the metrics here for the Los Angeles Chargers, they are absolutely bottom in the league in every rush defense category. And the main ones that I like looking at is opponent yards per rush attempt. And so far this season, through the seven games that they've played, uh, they are dead last absolutely dead last they are the only team that has given up five or more yards per rush attempt to running backs this season and you know we're getting to that point in the season uh rod where we probably might not want to start looking at the season the whole seasonal stats if that makes sense we kind of want to start looking at what they've done recently so if i go over the last three games they are still the third worst rush defense in the league. They're still giving up 5.1 yards per rush attempt. And if we take a look at overall what they're doing, um, uh, allowing at least rushing yards per game, uh, so far this season, they are number 28, giving up 131.3 yards per game. And then over the last three, they're they're staying consistent with that number at 100, or sorry, they're giving up 155 over the last three games. The only team worse the Houston Texans. So I think Damian Harris um, is going to have a big day against this uh, Los Angeles Chargers defense, rush defense in particular. And then we also talk about, let's talk about Bill Belichick for a second. He knows that this, there's a prolific quarterback in an offense on that other side. But what's he going to want to do? Run the ball. Let's tick, tick, tick on that clock. So I think Damian Harris is probably that guy. I'm going to give the edge over uh, Herbert this week. But I'll be the first one to tell you I was completely wrong about Herbert last week because he had a fantastic performance against the number one rush defense against the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers where he ran for 100 yards. So at least for this week, it, it just with, with the numbers that the Chargers have there, it, it's just too much to ignore for Damian Harris not to have a big week. Yeah, and, and on the flip side of that too, Khalil Herbert, he's going against the Niners defense, which yeah. you know has been pretty stout against running backs too. 
albeit Jonathan Taylor did touch him up for 100 yards. He was the first one of the season to actually get over 100 against this Niners defense. So he does have a, I think, a harder road to a fantasy-relevant day than does uh, uh, Damian Harris. And here's the thing. As far as the passing game is concerned, because if we're talking PBR, um, you know, obviously Herbert was a little more involved in the passing game over the last couple of weeks. You know, five targets, five receptions uh, against Tampa Bay whereas uh, Harris had two uh, receptions for seven yards. But I don't think that the Niners are going to allow him to catch too many passes either um, because so far it's been, what, three passes last week to her, uh, to Taylor. And so far they yeah. haven't really allowed anybody else to catch many other passes. So you take away that yeah. part of Herbert's game. And, yeah, this is definitely a Damian Harris uh, a swing. So if you're trying to decide in that running back two zone, um, Harris is definitely your guy. And, look, just to boot and to wrap that up, we have Harris at uh, consensus rank six, uh, okay. and we have Herbert ranked 22 as far as consensus is concerned. So that's a pretty far uh, a dip, but it seems a lot closer, right? I mean, that's the look, the numbers, it seems a lot closer. It really does, especially the performance that Herbert has had over the past couple of weeks here. Um, but now again, like you just said that for the San Francisco 49ers, that Jonathan Taylor was the first um running back to go over a hundred yards against them last week through week about seven. And now you're going, now you have Harris going up against a team that's been doing it all season long. So it almost seems like that Harris for sure is going to have the bigger uh, running day, at least uh, fantasy wise. And again, if we take a look at it overall for the whole season, uh, San Francisco against the running backs, they're giving up 16 point, I believe 16.8, sorry, 16.2 to running backs. And then the uh, Los Angeles chargers, 22.8 points allowed to um, to opposing running back. So, you know, a six point advantage there for Damian Harris in that section also. Yep. Yep. I think we uh, pretty much wrap that one up with Damian Harris. Uh, So, yeah, if you're if you're debating between them, lean Harris. Uh, All right. Flex question here. We've got uh, between Jalen Waddell and Miles Gaskin. Again, this is ripped off of the Internet. So don't hang us if this seems like a, a, a no brainer. Uh, and, and then obviously this is a PPR, but, uh, you know, when you look at, at, at what you need out of, out of folks, this could be a little bit, uh, more than meets the eye, uh, especially if you're looking for, uh, production up and down the, the ranks. So, uh, walk us through what you think moon off, because like I said, we'll come back around with what the consensus thinks and what, you know, what we think. Yeah. So I think that, you know, kind of tying in the betting perspective here, uh, Rod, is that that the uh, Buffalo Bills are a 14 point favorite over the Miami Dolphins this week. So if we kind of take a look at that, and let's just say that the Bills get out to an early lead, right? They get out to a seven, nothing, 10, nothing, a two possession lead. At that point, you're not going to see the offense sit back there and run the ball with Miles Gaskins, right? They're going to have to play catch up. They're going to have to throw the ball. So I think that's one part that we kind of have to look at also. Um, and then Miles Gaskin, you know, over the past couple of weeks here, he really hasn't had, you know, a lot of – I mean, last week against Falcons, he had a pretty great week. He had a touchdown, 67 yards on the ground. He had 10 receiving yards off of uh, four receptions. Um, but other than that, if we kind of go down, he really hasn't done much throughout this season – as far as being the running back for the Miami Dolphins. My, on the flip side, Jalen Waddle seems like he's starting to come along here a little bit. And, you know, we've talked about the Dolphins having, you know, some injuries to that wide receiving group. And over the last two weeks, just for Jalen Waddle, he's had 21 targets, 17 receptions off of those two, uh, off of those last two weeks. 
combined for 153 rushing, uh, sorry, receiving yards. Doesn't have any touchdowns uh, yet this season, but I think if we're kind of just looking at it from a PPR standpoint um, and yardage, I think Jalen Waddle is that guy um, for this week. And then if we kind of took a look at the metrics as far as the Buffalo Bills rushing defense, uh, they are number 14, kind of in the middle of the pack, that given up 4.2 yards per rush attempt. But then if we also look at what they're doing overall, opponent rushing yards per game, they're number six in the league at uh, right around 90 yards per game that they're only allowing to running back. So I would definitely lean with Jalen Waddle here. I think he's starting to come along a little bit for that Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, and you look at the usage factor too. I mean, this could turn into a Tampa Bay type game where uh, Gaskin does actually get involved. And in the in the passing game where he had 10 targets, 10 receptions, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, that And that's the thing. Like, you don't know. That could be the type of game that it, that uh, this turns into. Uh, although Tua, you know, since he's been back, it's been a, a mixed bag, right? I mean, but yeah. obviously with Waddell, you know that he's he's at least got his quarterback back. And, um, you know, I, I think you're there too. In fact, that's where the experts have him and a resounding 98% to 2% uh say start Waddell over Miles Gaskin and a lot of it like you said I think has to do with the fact that they're not going to be running the ball um but I wouldn't be surprised again if this ends up being a situation where uh Gaskin gets involved a la Tampa Bay in the running in the passing game so um yeah yeah I mean I get it I get the I get the frustration in trying to be pick between the two um yeah and also throw this in uh, uh Rod that he hasn't had much success against the Bills either if we kind of go back and look at going back to last season or his last four games he's had 25 rushing yards 20 rushing yards and 46 rushing yards on about an average about six and a half rush attempts he's been pretty good out of the backfield catching the ball uh average of about five and a half uh receptions with around close to 100 yards uh but that's combined over the last three games so uh, i think definitely gaskin has struggled against the bills say the least yep and again this is going to be a uh one where they have to throw 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 so uh yeah. give the receiver the edge in that especially in a ppr uh all right let's move on another flex question uh we're trying to decide here between t higgins and chuba hubbard um i mean this is one of those situations where we we know that uh chuba is not uh cmc and he, mm-hmm. he as good as he's been doing he's definitely no no filling for cmc um, but obviously we've seen T Higgins, uh, production drop off a little bit too, uh, over the last what couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, targets are there, just production's not, um, what are we thinking between these two, between T Higgins and Juba Hubbard? Yeah. Uh, as far as T Higgins is concerned, Rod, um, it, it's kind of alarming that you said that he is getting the targets. I mean, last week, if we kind of take a look at what he did, or at least his targets last week against the Baltimore Ravens. 15 targets, but he only resulted in seven receptions for uh, for T. Higgins there, and only 62 yards, right? And again, Chuba Herbert last week, over the last two weeks, like or last week against the Giants, I mean, only 12 rushing attempts and 28 yards, but again, that was because they were trailing early in that game, and Sam Darnold is kind of regressing back to the quarterback that we've seen uh, when he was with the New York Jets. Um, this week, the... Panthers are facing the Atlanta Falcons who are ranked number 20 in opponent yards per rush attempt at 4.4. And then the overall, what they're giving up is that right around middle of the pack at 112. So this is kind of a toss up 
I am leaning towards uh, Chuba Hubbard here just because I think that now um, Jamar Chase is just he's like the man in that receiving group for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they're going up against the Jets this week. The Jets' defense is not that bad. Um, at least they're passing um, their, their pass defense. But I just don't think that Chuba Hubbard is going to lay down this week against the Atlanta Falcons. I think this is going to be a good bounce back spot for Chuba Hubbard. And I think, think that if they want to have this game, they're really going to need him to step up and really protect Sam Darnold, um, you know, from making mistakes. So I think that I'm leaning towards taking uh, Chuba Hubbard here uh, against the against the Falcons over T Higgins and against the Jets. Yeah, and so you are going against the grain of the experts. The experts say take T. Higgins, uh, but I will also add to you that you're right. Uh, Jamar Chase has come on like gangbusters lately, and he has definitely taken the luster off of T. Higgins. And the simple fact of the matter is that T. Higgins is not doing what most T. Higgins managers wanted him to do, and, yeah. and that's you know put up the Jamar Chase-type numbers. So... It's a difficult situation, but I'm, I think I might lean with you as well on the Chuba Hubbard side um, because he's warming up. And I think, uh, yeah. just like you said, I don't think he's going to lay down. I think he's going to come in, and, and he's really, now that he knows, right now that he knows that this is going to be his gig for a good long while, because uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, CMC, man, like you want to trust him, but <laughs> who knows at this point? So yeah, it, it's it's real tough to. I mean, as great of of an athlete and a fantasy god that CMC is, it, it's really only good for about the first couple of weeks of the season. Then he gets injured either for a season-ending injury or he gets put on the IR. So uh, this is the opportunity really for Chuba Hubbard to really step up and uh, you know, no, know, he knows, like you said, to embrace the moment and take advantage of this opportunity. Yep, and the fact that he actually does get involved in the pass game as well goes a long way in a PPR. Uh, thing and again, if it wasn't for Jamar Chase's uh, star on the rise, this would easily probably be T Higgins. But this this decision yeah. was made a little bit harder by the fact that Jamar Chase just took over the show over there in Cincinnati. Um, yes, sir. So, uh, all right. Speaking of taking over the show, when the hell did Corp Daryl Patterson take over the show in Atlanta? <laughs> like, <laughs> what 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 happened there? Like, I, all of a sudden we're we're looking at Cordell Patterson and we're talking about him. With fantasy relevance, like this is not uh, this is not something uh, uh, that that we're joking about. This is literal between Cordero Patterson now and Darrell Williams. Um, it, I, we're talking Cordero Patterson as a RB one at this point, or at least RB two, right? With with you know flex or whatever. But yeah. Um. All right. Between the two, moon off. All joking aside, someone wants to decide between Cordero Patterson and Darrell Williams. Which side are we going on this one? I'm gonna keep this simple. Over the last three weeks, Daryl Williams has, um, let's see here, he's had 20, 62, 82. He's had 109 rushing yards over the last two weeks, or sorry, last three weeks. His quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, has 127 rushing yards. And Cordero Patterson has been, <laughs> I mean, this guy is, it's, it, it's great to have this type of player on your roster if you're the Atlanta Falcons, right? Because number one, he's getting the rush attempts over the last two weeks at 14 each. He's uh, eclipsed 50 rushing yards in both of those games. He has one touchdown, but he's also a threat out of, uh, sorry, catching the ball. Last week, it wasn't a great catch, uh, a receiving yard game for him. He had five targets, two receptions. 
receptions for only one yard. But if you kind of go look, go back and look at his game log, those previous three weeks, 60 receiving yards with 54 rushing yards, 34 rush yards with 82 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. And then the previous week against the Washington football team, uh, 34 uh, rushing yards and then 80, sorry, 80, uh, yeah, another 82 receiving yards. So the thing with Patterson is he's, he's a dual threat. Right, he can line up with the wide receivers, catch a ball. He can also line up in your backfield and run the ball. Versus Daryl Williams, where your quarterback has more rushing yards over the last three weeks than you do. I think that's a lot alarming for me. Cordell Patterson is your guy uh, for this week, uh, as, as far as you know who to start and who to sit. And and the thing is, is Mike Davis is not he's not doing what you expect him to do as the running back in the backfield, right? I mean, Cordell Patterson, by all rights and accounts, was that Swiss Army knife. He wasn't necessarily the running back. He wasn't necessarily the receiver. But now he's he's this hybrid thing that we may see more of this going into the future. Like, we may see more yeah. of a Cordero Patterson type of a mold because he literally is kind of killing it. 14 rush attempts, like you said, seven receptions for 60 yards. The guy went over 110, 114 yards against the Jets. Um you know, and and he's just doing this over the ground and over the the air. Eighty two yards in both week three and week four. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is a situation if you're trying to decide between Cordero Patterson and and Darryl Williams in your flex, or even as an RB two, um, this is a no brainer. This is a Cordero Patterson uh, a week, and yep. he's going against Carolina, which again is another good matchup for him. So, um, you know, I don't even think this Darryl Williams over uh, the matchup with the Giants is is scary, but I mean, it's Cordell Patterson, and he's doing great things lately. So ride the hot hand in this case. Yeah, and then last week, quickly, uh, the Giants, like we talked about with um, – I'm sorry, who did they play last week? Did the Giants uh, – Oh, we'd have to go back. God, to the we should just talk about this gentleman. <laughs> we I forgot sure who it did. Was. Uh, well, I mean, we can figure it the out. Panthers. Oh, yeah, they the Panthers. They played the Panthers last there week, go, right? Yeah. Um, and they they really limited Chuba Hubbard uh, in that pat in the in the game. He only had twelve uh, carries for twenty eight yards. So again, I think that's another case in point where maybe that Giants defense maybe is getting a little better. But I think this is a complete no brainer. Uh, five star start for uh, Patterson here over um, uh, Daryl Williams. Absolutely. All right. Let's turn our attention now to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Still without their main man. Uh, still rolling with Geno Smith. So Alex Collins becomes more important. We don't know. He's questionable still. I don't know. The whole team is questionable at this point. Uh, but <laughs> someone's trying to decide between Alex Collins and Michael Carter. Uh, I mean, this one's a tough one anyways. I mean, I know I know what the yeah. experts say, and I understand where they're coming from, but this one seems a little hard to, to call uh, considering all the injury, especially like the main injury out there in yeah. Seattle. So Munaf, are we letting that affect our decision here? Yeah, I think you also got to keep in mind that Alex Collins is also dealing with a groin injury and he's questionable. So definitely check that on Sunday or even uh, yeah tonight when the injury reports, the final injury reports do come out. Um, you, you know, you kind of take a look at their opponents this week, right? The, uh, the Seattle Seahawks are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars whose rush defense is not that bad. I mean, they're ranked number five in uh, in, uh, in team opponent uh, yards per rush attempt at 3.8. In the last three, they've given up 4.3, which has fallen off a little bit. But it's still um, it's still right in the middle of the pack uh, over the last three weeks. And then for the Cincinnati Bengals, they are number uh, five 
in the league in opponent yards per rush. Sorry, number six at 4.0. And over the last three weeks, it's been 4.4. But, um, and then again, overall, Jacksonville's defense is allowing 114 rush yards per game versus Cincinnati is only allowing 94. So th this is really a toss-up. I mean, if you're really desperate, I think you kind of got to go to look at, you know, first of all, look at their injury for Alex Collins. Um, they might be going running back by committee there. The thing with Michael Carter is going to be that they have um, Mike White, I believe, is the quarterback that's going to be starting for uh, Zach Wilson. So the question then becomes for the Jets is that are they going to you know run the ball more because they have a new quarterback in there? Or is it going to be that, hey, that he did have some success last week, did he, um, uh, Michael White, um, against uh, – I forgot who they played last week, but again, this is a, a real tough one for me, Rod. I think it's a toss up. I mean, at this point, it's almost like close your eyes and pick someone if you're that desperate. Well, and that's the thing, too, because the experts and us, you know, ex the expert rankings for uh, Collins is at 24 and 29 for Carter. We have Collins at 29 consensus and Carter at 31. So, this is not, yeah. like you said, this is like a coin flip situation. And I think a lot of it does depend on whether or not Collins is ready to go on on uh, Sunday. And, you know, again, this is not a situation where even if Collins is good to go, is he going to get all the carries? Like, we, we've seen him do well when given the work, but I don't know what it is about the And he may not even get the chance to work, even against the Jaguars. And I say this because Seattle has looked so bad that even against yeah. the Jaguars, they may struggle. So um, we may not see as much of Alex Collins as we'd like. But I'm going to go with Alex Collins if he's healthy. He's yeah. a big play away from from being a, a slate buster. So um, I just I feel more comfortable with Collins. Our rankings feel more comfortable with Collins. So if you're deciding between Collins and Carter, we say go Collins. Yes. Uh, all right. We also say to hang tight because we're going to come right back, uh, step away, pay some bills, keep this show afloat. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have our last five players that we're looking for uh, in your this or that. So hang tight. We'll be right back. There is not a single one of you out there that is not ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia to help you do exactly that. We are bringing you the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. WinBet also has some brand new bonuses, which you can use on this Thursday night bonanza. Green Bay, Arizona, lots of money to be had there. So get in on that. Use that WinBet bonus on some of those uh, bets that you can get in on Thursday night. If you're a new user, though, bet a dollar. Win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. What a fantastic deal. You need to get in on that. And look, whatever your first wager is, WinBet is going to match it 200%. You bet $100, you get a $200 free bet. Of course, now don't go too crazy because the max wager is $750 to match. So a $1,500 match 
Again, still a good deal. Make sure you get on that right now. Get in on all the great promos, odds, and payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Tell me, are you ready to play? I know you are. Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger, win with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're always happy to be brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash course means double the odds if you love sports betting of course you do you're listening to this you need to be using prop swap every ticket purchased on prop swap can be resold at any time so your bet does not even need to win in order to make money it just needs to improve thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on prop swap every single day so get started today by going to propswap.com or download the prop swap app prop swap is where america buys and sells sports bets Coming back with five more of your dilemmas, be it flex, be it wide receiver, be it tight end. As we move now uh, into the next segment of the show, we're going to help you out with a couple of tight end questions. Moonoff Manji here with me, of course, to answer these questions as well. Uh, Moonoff, the tight end position is just, I don't know. It's so hard (laughs) to, to love from uh from week to week from season to season but yet we keep rostering them uh and and this week folks are struggling to try to figure out to start uh between two gentlemen here that will will give you cj uzama and tyler conklin again may seem like a no-brainer but uh you know cj uzama's been the sexy name the last few weeks and so a lot of people are are leaning more toward him because uh they've seen him in prime time, do some great things. And, uh, you know, th- that that's really why I think this name is being brought up, and rightfully so, I suppose. But I, I want to know what you think, Moonoff, about these two, uh, CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Yeah, this is, I mean, I think this is like the last matchup we just discussed uh, between Collins and uh, Michael Carter. It's, it, I'm obviously leaning with Uzama here, but if we kind of take a look at what the Dallas Cowboys defense gives up uh, fantasy points wise uh, against, uh, sorry, opposing tight ends, 9.2. The team right under them, the New York Jets versus tight ends, 9.3. So it's almost like, you know, you kind of got to go and look at how, you know, these two guys have been doing over the last couple of weeks. And again, I think that, um, Conklin, uh, he has 30 targets. Uzama uh, on the season has 19 targets, but I think the significant difference here is we kind of take a look at what they've done recently, and Uzama has been overwhelmingly the guy um, for that tight end position on your fantasy football teams. He's had five touchdowns over the the past four weeks. Um, He didn't have one three weeks ago against the uh, Green Bay Packers, but last week against the Baltimore Ravens, two touchdowns. The previous week against the Detroit Lions, one touchdown. And then a couple of weeks ago, about four weeks ago, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he had two touchdowns. So um, 
just kind of based off of that, I think I'm leaning with CJ Uzama here uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals to start against the uh, New York Jets this week. Yep. I mean, this is another ride the hot hand situation. Um, I'm yep. not really sure how many people were actually, you know, trying to decide between Tyler Conklin and, and Uzama. Um, <laughs> I, I really, but like I said, it's out there. The question is out there. I'm not judging. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you got that decision, you're trying to make it and you're being earnest and trying to make it, then uh, that's why we're here to help. And you're right. I think the hot hand in this situation, as, as the kids say, uh, you know, three touchdowns in the last couple of games, that's, that's really good. And especially because you look at a, a situation where they're going up against a Jets team that got lit up by Kyle Pitts, yeah. right? I right. mean, Kyle Pitts just took them to task. And so this is a situation where I feel like he's more of a Kyle Pitts than he is a uh, Anthony Fersker or, you know, McCoy Pruitt uh, in that situation. Um, I know they did well against Noah Fant, but, you know, I was early in the season. So when Hunter Henry can take you for a touchdown, um, I'm pretty sure Uzama can, <laughs> can you know, do that just as well. Um, and again, yep. just like Jamar Chase, Uzama's really kind of prep, uh, putting himself up there as one of the main targets in that offense. So, um in this in this instance, don't overthink it, right? Don't try to get too cute. Um, just put the guy in there that's been producing. And if if he fails you this week, it's not because you made the wrong decision. It's just because obviously he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Yep, you know. 100%. And that's another thing too. Your mindset in this whole situation too. You when you go into these these situations and you make these really tough calls, um, because you know, again, when you look at the expert ranking on this and I'll just, I'll just use this to close up this point. Um, we're talking between 12 and 16, right? The best rank for yeah. Uzama is 10. The best rank for Conklin is 14. So this is not a, a, a completely apples and oranges type of a, a decision. So you're almost yeah. flipping a coin at that point. Um, I mean, going back, Rod, we talk about like the tight end position and I, and you're more the expert expert about like the fantasy football as for tight ends. The Shatir, where you have the Darren Wallers to Travis Kelsey's. Um, I'm not throwing Kittle in there anymore because he's injured every every season now. And then I think Mark Andrews has entered that, entered that conversation. But after that, there's a significant drop off on who like the next tight end like that tier is, or even if they're going to contribute to your fantasy football team. So I think that's where you know when I'm drafting, it's almost like should we even have a tight end position at this point or should we just have an extra like flex position or another wide receiver position? Yeah. I like, I like leagues that go with more flexes and, and not yeah. necessarily, you know, a tight end every week. Cause again, it's a tough, it's a tough dart throw. Once you get past Hawk, I think Hawk is the last one in that tier that you talked about. That's yeah. about it. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to a receiver question. Uh, someone wants to know if they should play Brandon cooks or Jarvis Landry. Um, I know that it's, it's uh, a lot of folks say this is a slam dunk in one direction. Uh, but Jarvis Landry has that just game, that slate busting that we talk about potential. Uh, unfortunately this week, he may not get a chance to do that. If Baker Mayfield is once again, uh, um, not ready to go. So this one might have made itself too. If you're deciding between this, this might be a watch the, the uh, injury report, but uh, moon off between Brandon cooks and Jarvis Landry, which way is your arrow tilting? Yeah, I think we kind of take a look at, I mean, this is a very, I guess we can say interesting situation on who to start, right? Jarvis Landry has played three games so far this season, and he's had a total of 14 targets. And we know the Browns like 
running the football before throwing it. We know that if you're a Browns fan or even if you're a general football fan or a betting person, they like running the football. And take a look last week. He did have eight targets, but it was only resulted in five receptions for 37 yards. Um, and he hasn't recorded a receiving touchdown at all this season. Um, against the Texans, again, only one target, nine yards. I believe he left that game with an injury. And then the opening game in week one against the Chiefs where he had his best game, five targets, five receptions, 71 yards. But on the flip side, I think Brandon Crooks, uh, Cooks is like the is for sure the number one guy for the Houston Texans. The problem is Davis Mills is a quarterback for the Houston Texans. So, and if we kind of take a look at the targets, um, the target share for the Houston Texans, and I'm going to go ahead and filter this for you and say, Brandon Cooks by far leads the Texans in receptions, oh, sorry, in targets at 64. Rod, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who do you think the, what, what the number is for the next guy, uh, for for second guy in targets for that team. Oh, is he not even on the team anymore? Is Mark Ingram? <laughs> he's, he's still, no, he's still on the team. Uh, I don't even know past that. I mean, their tight end. It's no, it's running back David Johnson. That's why. So it had to be one of the running backs. I figured that. Yeah, and just guess how many targets he has through uh, the seven games that they've played. I, I'm gonna go with the uh, 19, 20. Yeah, 24. Ah. I was close. So when we talk about like the the target distribution here, I think Brandon Cooks definitely blows it out of the water. But again, the problem is Davis Mills is the quarterback, and he's only recorded one touchdown, which was I believe in Week One um, against the Jaguars. So I think if you put a gun to my head on who would have started, I would definitely go Brandon Cooks for sure. But again, the matchup this week is against the Rams, and then the you know the uh, the Browns are taking on the Steelers, who have a pretty good. I guess we can say they have a pretty good secondary also that might be able to limit it. And again, you know they're going to want to run the ball against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, for the Texans, they're going to get down early. We know that by the end of the first quarter, it's going to be probably 14-0 Rams. So they're going to have to throw the ball to you know be competitive in that game. So for that reason, I would rather go with Brandon Cooks uh, over Jarvis Landry this week. Yep. And, and the thing is, you probably didn't draft Brandon Cooks to be your number one, so you're okay with that, or maybe you did. Uh, but look, if you have this decision to make, this is a hold-your-nose-and-play-Brandon-Cooks situation because, just like Munaf said, the, the game situation for them is going to be a little more where they're going to have to throw the ball. Jarvis Landry, uh, we didn't even... I mean, he's a ghost of himself right now, and he hasn't even found his way back yet. And he's got an injured uh, quarterback that's banged up still. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a Brandon Cooks hope that he gets into the end zone type of a day. I know he hasn't done it in a while, but, you know, ideally, yeah. you wouldn't have to do either one of these guys. Find a different situation that you can find. Yeah. But um, if you have to make this decision, go ahead and go Brandon Cooks. But just know that, you know, you're you're probably not. I mean, if you got Raiders receivers that are on like Hunter Renfro or Henry Ruggs, you need somebody to fill in. Yeah. Um, that's where you're heading. So, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, all right, let's uh, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's let's move on to a couple of quarterback situation. Uh, somebody wants to know whether they should start Carson Wentz or Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, again, this is a situation where the guy that that we're talking about in in one hand is is sexy name, especially after last week, right? Where um, he beat mm -hmm. the Niners, although he did throw a pretty uh, ugly looking uh, interception there in Carson Wentz. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, these two quarterbacks a little closer than, than most people would consider 
so this is another kind of a coin flip situation. But Moonoff, where are you thinking between Carson Wentz, Mr. Sexy, and Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, we kind of take a look at the matchup this week for both these quarterbacks. And I think we can start with Carson Wentz here and say that, hey, he's been pretty let me, Ron, let me ask you this. How many <laughs> of all the highlights we've seen from Carson Wentz this season, how many interceptions do you think he's thrown? Uh, I can tell you exactly how many he's thrown, and that's only he's one. Thrown, right? <laughs> and you would think the way that we've seen the highlights come across a four-letter network or, or whatever you watch your sports highlights, it's a lot more. But for him to only have one interception and 11 touch, passing touchdowns, I think that kind of speaks volumes of where um, Carson Wentz is starting to trend towards. I mean, the yardage is not there uh, against – I mean, the yardage isn't there, but he's been consistent over the last four weeks here by getting two touchdowns at minimum – um, passing uh, over the last four weeks. And then Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, he's kind of trending in the, the opposite direction. Yeah, the yardage is there for uh, Teddy Bridgewater, but over the last um, three weeks here, he's throwing uh, seven touchdowns to five interceptions, and he's been sacked uh, nine times also. So, um, and again, the matchup this week for Carson Wentz against this Tennessee Titans defense, who was absolutely brilliant last week against Patrick Mahomes. I'm not buying into that yet. I think that that was a get-up spot for the T- Tennessee Titans and their defense to go up against the best quarterback uh, in the league. Not playing like that this season, but definitely for sure Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. Um, Tennessee, 11.1 um, yards per completion they're allowing to opposing quarterbacks. And then if we take a look at Washington, who is playing the Denver Broncos this week, they're at 11.4, so not a big discrepancy there. Um, and then uh, if we take a look at total yardage-wise, passing yards allowed, Tennessee number 24 at around 274 yards um, per game. They're even worse over the last three games where they've given up 283. And then for the Washington uh, football team, dead last, 301 uh, passing yards allowed over the season. And over the last uh, last week or last three weeks, they've given up that same number of 303. So um, for me, I think I got to go with uh, Carson Wentz here, as bad as that may sound, kind of holding my nose here just because he doesn't turn the ball over much and he is getting the passing touchdowns. And I think, listen, he's playing a lot better um, over you know where he started early on in the season. But him to only have one interception thrown so far this season, I think that kind of speaks volumes to me on on, uh, on which way he's trending and how comfortable he's getting with this offense um, for, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. I do see the argument that, Teddy Bridgewater is going up against the Washington football team, who is a really bad defense. It might be a good bounce back spot for him. Um, but I I, I kind of need a – it almost seems like they're close to putting in Drew Locke over Teddy Bridgewater if he makes one more mistake, like, by halftime. And that's the thing, right? Like, I know yeah. that one more interception – because that's – interceptions, especially in, in like, the Scott Fishbowl, they, they cost. Like, they're negative three. Yeah. They just – they they deflate any sort of value that a quarterback has. And you don't want somebody that's going to throw that many interceptions. At least, I mean, look, I know that one that, that Carson Wentz threw was not a, it was ruled a fumble. It wasn't an interception against San Francisco. Yeah. But still, you want somebody that can protect the ball more often than not. And um, I have a feeling that this Carson Wentz that we're going to see may lean more toward the Baltimore uh, performance you know, 402, two touchdowns than last week because last week is in the rain. So it was a tough, tough matchup. Yeah. And Tennessee is more more leaning toward the uh, Baltimore side of this, you know. And even the last time they were out, 194 passing yards. But that was week three. That was a different Tennessee team, I feel, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think Carson Wentz, 
as much as it pains me to say it, is the one to play here over Teddy Bridgewater. So <laughs> again, you may be missing Derek Carr and you need somebody to fill in. I guess Carson Wentz is your man. Yes. If you are like me, you missed out on Bitcoin. And of course, you also missed out on getting Dogecoin to the moon. But we all missed out on having stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey because it never existed. Well, that's all changed. Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility now. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Use the promo code SGPNFF, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand and... You can trade your shares of player at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with the promo code SGPNFF to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store. You get easy access to all of our picks and our podcast. And of course, don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Let's turn our attention to one of his receivers. We're talking about Bridgewater's receivers, not uh, not Carson Wentz's receivers. Uh, and and we'll move to Cortland Sutton. And somebody's trying to decide between Cortland Sutton, can't even say his name one time fast, let alone three, and Keenan Allen, who, man, I just, I want better things for Keenan Allen in his career. He's got an amazing quarterback throwing him the ball, and yet, it's, it's we're having a discussion on whether or not to start him. Like it should be a no brainer, but moon off yeah. walk us through and why Keenan Allen is not what we want him to be anymore. I think that, you know, for the, um, for the chargers, I think Mike Williams has entered that conversation now because last couple of season, Mike Williams has been hurt. So Keenan Allen has to be that guy in uh, over those past couple of seasons when Mike Williams is not there. Now, Mike Williams seems like he's taken over as the number one wide receiver for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And if you take a look at Keenan Allen's numbers over the la- last couple of weeks before their um, bye week there last week, against the Ravens, five targets, 50 yards. Against the Browns, nine targets, so got 75 yards. I mean, these are numbers. I mean, and against the Raiders uh, on Monday Night Football, 11 targets, only seven receptions and 36 yards, and he has only has one touchdown. Uh, this season so you know again I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Williams like I mentioned um, but at least for this week uh, I think you got to go with Cortland Sutton here man I know they're getting Jerry Judy back here but um, he's I think definitely the number one uh, receiver there in uh, Denver with Teddy Bridgewater um, he's getting the targets you know last week he had only 68 re- receiving yards um, but that was you know with Case Keenum just doing case Keenum things that he's a great backup uh, quarterback and they were able to keep that Denver Broncos offense off the field. But prior to that against the uh, Raiders, he had 90, 14 targets, eight receptions, 94 receiving yards, one touchdown prior to that against the Steelers who have a pretty good secondary, uh, you know, at least with Mika Fitzpatrick there, uh, 11 targets, seven receptions, 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then this week, if we kind of take a look at what these teams are giving up to the wide receiver position, as far as fantasy points, 
New England Patriots against that wide receiver position are giving up, I believe I saw what, 22, yeah, 22.4 uh, points. And then the Washington football team are giving up 28.3. They're allowing, you know, 16 receptions, 203 um, receiving yards are the Washington football team to wide receivers. While the uh, New England Patriots are only allowing 12, uh, close to 13 receptions, 172 yards. So, um, again, Jerry Judy is back this week, but I think he may be on a snap count uh, just because he is coming off of that uh, that foot injury, that ankle injury. So, I definitely would be starting Cortland Sutton over Keenan Allen. And I can't believe I'm saying that because <laughs> Keenan Allen is, has been a wide receiver one for I don't know how many years now. But again, like I said, Mike Williams has to do a lot to do with, uh, you know, the, the production that's not there anymore for Keenan Allen. And everybody agrees with that too. I mean, we have Sutton uh, 21st overall and we got Keenan Allen 23rd, uh, another coin flip situation, but I mean, he's that way yeah. too in the expert rankings. It's, it's really just a, a huge toss up, but um, you got to go with the younger model in this instance. I mean, I know that it's not fun and I know that Justin Herbert is throwing Keenan Allen the ball, but you know Cortland Sutton is getting the work, and he's doing something with that work this season. So um, yep. you know you just got to ride him against Washington. Uh, it's it's a better matchup overall, like Munaf said, and and really it's just a a situation where it's going to be sad to slide Keenan Allen on the bench. Uh, but if you would like to continue winning, or if you want to start winning to make it into the playoffs. Um, you're going to need to do it. So, uh, all right. Our last set, um, seems like a slam dunk. Like we saw it before, right? This is one of those situations where if I say these two names, you're going to instantly go to one, but you have to consider further. Cause there's some things that are going to muck up the works in this. And you got to keep an eye between CD lamb and Cole Beasley. Now everybody's going to say smash that CD lamb, but hold that thought because Dak Prescott, is suffering from a calf injury right now that yeah. might keep him out of the game this week. So that CD Lamb decision becomes a little bit tougher between him and Cole Beasley. Moonoff, what are we doing with this? Yeah, from a betting perspective, uh, yeah, that line has moved towards the uh, Minnesota Vikings now being favored with the news that we're thinking that Dak Prescott is not going to be playing this game, like you alluded to, Rod, because of the calf injury. Obviously, if Dak was playing, this would not even be a conversation. But for you know, people asking because of the quarterback change to um, I'm not even sure who's starting for the for the Cowboys uh, quarterback position there. But um, yeah, Cole Beasley again, he's been consistent, right? For the Buffalo Bills, he he's I know he's behind you know Emmanuel Sanders and obviously Stephon Diggs there. But last week, or sorry, uh, against the Tennessee Titans. You know, he had nine targets, 88 yards in a, in a touchdown, but the prior two weeks, not so much. Uh, three receptions, only 21 yards combined. Um, and if we kind of take a look at the Miami defense and what they've been doing against, um, I guess, in their, their past defense, they're ranked number 25 uh, in this, uh, or sorry, giving up uh, 11.6 yards per completion two opposing quarterbacks, and then overall their passing yards, they're giving up 297, which is ranked number 30. And over the last three weeks, they've given up a whopping 350 yards, uh, sorry, 358 yards on average to quarterbacks. And I think those are really telling numbers for how bad this uh, Miami Dolphins defense is. The question then becomes for what is going to be the game plan 
for the uh, Dallas Cowboys because you have, I can say this, two stud running backs, right, with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So they might just come out and say, hey, let's just run the ball with these two guys. Maybe we get a play-action pass down the field to CeeDee Lamb. He gets some yardage. But I think this the, the game plan for them is probably going to be let's run the ball with uh, those two guys. As hard as it means to say, I would probably lean with Cole Beasley here just because of the quarterback situation. Um, and again, it's really tough, man, because C.D. Lamb, I think we can say it's probably a borderline wide receiver one or a for sure wide receiver two, that that top tier we talk about. So um, I, I'll lean with Cole Beasley here, Rod. This is, a, this is a, It really is a tough one because C.D. Lamb, he has that down-the-field explosive ability. We've seen it all season long and throughout his career, not only in uh, his college days, but early on in his NFL professional career. And that's a tough call to make, considering he just scored two touchdowns and had 149 yards. But again, he did it with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. So if Dak Prescott is the quarterback, obviously you're starting CeeDee Lamb. You're not even thinking about it. But if, uh, if, if Garrett takes the start or if Rush takes the start, um, then you're going to have to start thinking about maybe moving toward Beasley. Because, again, Beasley, as much as he's been uh, consistent, he's been consistently inconsistent. But yeah. at least you know that he's got a better quarterback throwing him the ball uh, if, if you know, Dak Prescott is out. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and Cole Beasley, as a manager of Cole Beasley, I get frustrated because I don't know when to start him. Um, yeah. but, uh, but this week you may have to. And if you have that decision... Um, hold your nose, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah. hopefully Dak is in and, and I even could make a case as I, as I walk everything back to just start CD lamb over Cole Beasley, because who knows he could be quarterback proof. Uh, but you yeah. could get a day like he got out of Carolina against Carolina where he only caught two balls for 13 yards. So it, and Rod is also a tough situation because the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings are playing in that Sunday night game. So I think you're going to have to make that decision at the beginning or, you know, on Saturday night or early Sunday morning on what's going to happen. So I think this is a point where if you're having to decide between these two guys, you probably need to dig, dig a little deeper and go read what the Dallas Cowboys beat writers are saying on what the game plan is going to be, or go watch Mike McCarthy's press conferences or, or what they're saying and what their game plan is going to be. Uh, for their sun for the Sunday night game, whether it's I'm leaning towards that Dak is not going to play, um, but again I think that this is a case in point where you might if you have CD Lamb on your roster, you might want to dig a little deeper and go you know go read what's coming out of that Dallas Cowboys camp as far as what the status is going to be for Dak Prescott. But I'm sure I think we'll we'll get a report here very very soon, probably by tonight or tomorrow, if Dak is going to play or not. Yep, and but the fact that he hasn't practiced so far is is definitely Friday yeah. as we record this. So the fact that he hasn't yeah. practiced so far doesn't doesn't bode well. So uh, have Cole Beasley fired up and ready to go just in case. Uh, but you know, <laughs> it's not it's not going to be a fun decision to make. But I mean, no. you know, this is another one where you just you make it, and if you get burned by it again, know that you you probably made the right decision. So. Uh, all right, Moonoff, we have reached the end of the list and man, we've, uh, I feel like we've done some good today. I feel like we've helped a lot of folks, uh, and, and I feel like they can hopefully have more information at their fingertips now than they did when they, <laughs> before they entered. So. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for coming on. It's always letting, you know, fun, uh, digging into the stats a little deeper and helping out, you know, whether it's for prop betting or if it's for fantasy purposes, like we just 
talked about today. So hopefully we were able to uh, sway the uh, listeners on one way or another on who to start or who to sit uh, going into NFL Week 8. Or at the very least, gave them enough to think about. So, Munaf, tell everybody yeah. where they can find you all over the place and uh, and especially on our site. Yeah, definitely uh, follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. On Twitter, my DMs are always open. I'm getting always a lot of DMs about people asking about this, that, or the other. Always happy to help uh, anybody, whether it's with, you know, fantasy advice. Uh, I'm not the guy for fantasy. You have Rod in the, in the all-star team there. Check them out. But as far as, you know, any betting advice or anything like that, definitely reach out to me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, check out the PropCast. Like uh, Rod said, he's going to be there every Thursday night now, breaking down player props for the Thursday night games. Uh, and also uh, NFL Week 8 with myself and Dan. And also NBA Gambling Podcast. It's uh, NBA season's here, myself and Terrell. We're going to be working in a lot more guests. I know Scott's been on uh, for the PropCast for NBA version. And then we're winding down MLB season here with the World Series Game 3 going off uh, here in a minute. So, uh, you know, just grinding away. Find some of my articles. Um, the referee report, uh, for whatever reason, it's one of the most popular or one of the popular ones every single week. Uh, the the slide guys are always asking for. So I, I try to do my best to get that done by Tuesday and get that up by Wednesday. Um, and then again, player props articles on the website. And I'm sure we'll be uh, adding more stuff for NBA and things like that. So all over the place for SGPN. Uh, definitely make sure to uh, download the app and, and check out the website. I mean, it, so much great stuff happening there. I mean, I'm just a, a small part of the, the big, huge team that we have. You know, with Rod can attest to it with the fantasy guys and the, and the soccer, the hockey guys, new podcast. So just happy to be a part of the team, man. Absolutely. He undersells his fantasy knowledge. Look, sports knowledge is fantasy knowledge. The man comes with it every <laughs> single time, and we're appreciative of it. Again, make sure you go check out the podcast. Follow him on Twitter. And check out that referee report. If you ever want an interesting take, like there's some niche some niche stuff going on on the Sports Gambling Podcast website, and it's yeah. so phenomenal to see. So go check out that referee report uh, from a betting aspect, from a fantasy aspect, like what your favorite fa uh, fantasy players are facing as far as uh, the penalties are involved. It's good stuff. Yeah. Check it out. So, uh, All right, everybody. Again, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And hopefully you do well this week. Last week of really big major buys, right? I think we're almost clear. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully you make it through. Hopefully this is a week where you clinch your spot in the fantasy playoffs and uh, you can continue to keep playing past uh, week 14 or something. So, uh, All right. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Download this app. Download everything uh, and have some fun playing fantasy football. Until next week, let it ride. Let it ride.